What's going on, wrestling fans? Welcome to the Wrestling Fix Podcast. This is the weekday flagship. I'm your host, Michael Souza, and with me this week is Connor Allen. Connor, what's going on, man? What's up, man? How are you? I, I am doing fantastic. Um, it's a little early this week. It's actually Monday as we record this. Raw is is alive and on the air. Um, but we have uh, we have quite the interview this week, don't we, Connor? Yeah, man. I, I feel I feel a little um I feel a little different. I feel kind of uh do you feel marketable? I feel like I, I, I feel like like we're actively getting followers on Twitter right now. I feel like like just people's ears are pinging with the wrestling fix because the most marketable man in professional wrestling, Richard Holiday, the PAPW world champion, joins us in the second segment of the show. Um, fantastic interview. Again, you guys are going to love it. We just finished recording it, but we would be remiss with no mercy coming this week to not put out a show uh, to at least uh, you know go over it just a little bit. We're going to be short. It's all about Richard Holiday, but uh, Connor, I have the uh, we have the, the card up in front of us right now. I know we still have Raw tonight, so things might happen, but let's run through it. Quick fire. Let's see what we think yeah so let's play a little agree or disagree uh so what i'll do is i'll give a match i'll give my prediction and souza is going to tell me whether he agrees or disagrees uh let's start with the singles match for the wwe cruiserweight championship neville versus enzo amore Mm -hmm. uh i gotta go neville here agree or disagree mike uh agree and could not care could right could not care less i couldn't care could, less yes couldn't that's it. care less yes that's the um, one but yes i agree uh neville will win i'm sorry i know that in a world of wwe where some people beat other people and it, you just look at it on paper like that's just not believable in real life this is one of those examples and it will play out just like it would in real life neville for the win next couldn't agree more. Singles match, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, I gotta say Bray Wyatt's gonna take this one. Agree or disagree, Mike? Agree with you there. Man versus man. Um, I love the story going in here. I loved Bray Wyatt with the face paint gold dust spot. It's showing some new layers to his character. Uh, Bray Wyatt picks up the win here and we roll into the October pay-per-view, in which I don't know what it is, but uh, maybe we get a blow-off there or at Survivor Series. But I'm looking forward to this one. The last one was very, very very good. Yeah, it seems like uh, they really found a good story for Bray, and he's hitting his stride with Finn Balor. It's a great program. Quickly, um, j- there's oop. not a lot of campy, uh, mythological bullshit. It's 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 very cult leader, uh, very maniacal uh, Bray Wyatt, which is significantly better than what we've gotten over the past probably four to six months. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Uh, all right, let's move on. We got the uh, fatal four-way match for the Raw Women's Championship. Champion Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks. Nia Jax and Emma. I got to go Nia Jax. Agree or disagree? I'm going to disagree, but why Nia? I, you know, man, with the the turn on Alexa Bliss, I just feel like big things are coming for Nia. Um, just to get into it, you know, real, real, real quick. Um, I really love everything Nia is doing, like inside and out the ring. Um, and I just, I just think something's coming for her. Okay. Disagree. I'm going to say Alexa Bliss retains for one simple reason. Nobody is ready for Asuka. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a good point. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see her up. Yeah. I can't wait. I think Bliss wins. 
uh, keep it on heel. You don't want to. You don't want to have. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm hearing rumors that Oscar might come up and lose her first Raw match. That's absolute and utter bullshit. I don't believe any of that crap. I think the undefeated streak continues. I think that she's going to come in as a babyface. There's no way she's a heel here. And if you put her up against Jax, you're in a lose-lose situation. Jax just has the title. I think she's going to. I'm sorry. She had to relinquish her NXT title. Um, she's going to come in and get an automatic title shot, in my opinion. And uh, you know, if you put the Jax uh, title on Jax too quickly here, you have Asuka beat her. You have a girl who's you know half her size takes the title off her right away, and and Jax is now defined back down to where she was before this whole thing started. I think uh, Asuka Jax, personally, in my opinion, if built correctly and if Jax is portrayed correctly, could be a WrestleMania qual- caliber match. I agree with that. I think just the characters between the two of them, uh, the way Oscar was viewed in NXT compared to the I'm not like most girls, Nia Jax yeah. gimmick. I think you're definitely, definitely right in that. The way uh, Oscar left NXT was beautiful. Beautiful. Like, honestly beautiful. Um, I hon- I cannot wait to see her on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I got, got, uh, I'll be 100% honest, man. Got a little choked up. Uh, remember her debut? I didn't realize that she was 35 years old. Um, she's, Either. you know, she's not 26. This isn't, you know, her first break. Um, this is the culmination of her career here. And, um, uh, yeah, couldn't happen to a better person. Uh, from all accounts that I've heard, she's an absolute class act. And, uh, yeah, man, she's up against the best in the world, uh, and um, I, I'm, I know Frank isn't a fan. I still don't understand why. I think she's brilliant, Me either. I, I can't wait. Can't peg that. We uh, we definitely spent a little bit of time on this, but the Sorry. women <laughs> definitely no, we, women definitely deserve it. Oscar deserves it, uh, and the way this whole thing plays out is going to be incredible. Yeah. Let's move on to yeah. the tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Champions uh, Championship. Excuse me. We have Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins uh, versus The Bar, uh, Cesaro, the bar. and Sheamus. I got to stick with Ambrose and Rollins, even though um, I feel like it means that the Bar is on the backswing. Agree or disagree? So here's the deal. I, I I don't know, and I'll be brief here, but I, I I don't see any other tag team unless there are plans for the revival to come back sooner than than expected. I don't see any other team right now on Raw that's heated up enough to go up against Rollins and Ambrose. And if Rollins and Ambrose win clean, uh, I think Sheamus and Cesaro kind of run out of opportunities here. So um, I either see um, Sheamus and Cesaro picking up the victory with some cheating. Uh, where, where it grants a rematch, or um, I see a DQ finish uh, that potentially leads to uh, to another match. I just don't see anybody else heated up. So I can't really give a definitive answer, but uh, I guess uh, if I had to make a pick, I will say, uh, let's say, uh, let's say Sheamus and Cesaro take it. Let's say a little, little bit of a swerve there. All right, all right. So uh, next up, we got singles match John Cena versus Roman Reigns. I am going to go no contest. Agree or disagree? Agree. We're 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 pretty much on the same page here through and through. But um, I don't know exactly. You know, that's why people get paid the big bucks to write these finishes. I have no idea how it's a no contest. Um, but right, you know, kind of, and, and we'll get into it. it. It was a really fun conversation we had with Richard because we got into a lot of WWE stuff. And, you know, one of the hot topics was Roman Reigns. And he is still very much a babyface, and so is John Cena. I don't see either one of these guys resorting to cheating, but how we get to a no finish, I have no idea. 
little preview of that um, interaction with Richard Holiday regarding Roman Reigns. If anybody could tweet at most marketable, the most marketable burn cream, because I'm going to need it after the exchange <laughs> that we had in that interview, that would be great. You can find me at The Wrestling Fix on Twitter as well and just kind of retweet that and forward that to me. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, we are going to move on. Oh, yeah. We're going to move on. Make that brief. They can learn that. They can they can see that, hear that themselves. That's one of the um, best parts of the interview. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> For you, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, oh, man. Um, you know what? I, I, I almost rather would have taken a body slam, I think, to be honest with you. Just like I straight scoop slam. Body slam. I, don't know. I, bet, I bet he does, man, for sure. Um, we're going to move on to the Universal Championship match. Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. I am going to go Braun. Agree or disagree? Connor, I now he. I'll, I'll just say this, right? I'm pretty stoked on this pay-per-view because, unlike a lot of them, I really am going to this with no... Aside from a few matches, man, I don't know who's going to win and how on any of these deals. This included... I'm going to go out on a limb with you, man. I, I, I think that no one in their right mind is expecting Braun to beat Lesnar. Um, oh, man, I just... And what better time for him to beat Lesnar? I, exactly, and and we still know that we're probably going to get to Lesnar Reigns for the championship at, um, you know, at, uh, at, at WrestleMania. That's, you know, it still seems like it's in the works. However, you know, Brock might not have a lot of dates left before the Royal Rumble. So, you know what? I mean, shit, man. Brock loses, goes away for a little while, comes back, regains at Royal Rumble. You know, Reigns wins the Rumble. Who the fuck knows? It's going to be in Philly again. I'll be there. It'll be the same deal. But, uh, yeah, let's go Strowman. Let's have some fun. Let's let's go Strowman. You know what? So we did agree or disagree. This is kind of uh, the first time that we've done this with a pay-per-view card. And I, I kind of like it this way because you kind of appreciate the pay-per-view when you have to pick it this way. I think so too. I, you know, like, instead of the long form deal, just kind of having a rapid fire think it's like, wait a second. Yeah. You know, I, I really, I don't know. We got, we got what two, uh, two matches in. We were like, Oh, Oh, and you know what? Not, not, you know, we forgot a match. There's a six pack challenge going on right now as we speak. Oh yes. For the number one contendership for the intercontinental title. So it's either going to be, and I'm not sure if this match has ended, but uh, the six-pack challenge was Matt and Jeff Hardy, Elias, uh, Jason Jordan, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel. Um, let's do two agree or disagrees here. Uh, six-pack challenge, I think uh, either, I think Elias is going to win, agree or disagree. Uh, wow, yeah. I, um, no, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Jason Jordan. You're going to go and, Jason Jordan? And, yeah, and I'm going to tell you why. I think, I'm going to tell you something. Man, I would imagine that Jordan's whole everything on Raw was spoiling quite a bit after the whole reveal with Angle and the Sun, and it was a bunch of bullshit, nobody bought it. And he went out there and busted his ass and had two tremendous matches back-to-back with Cena and Reigns. And um, I think that uh, for anybody that was kind of souring on Jordan, realized, oh shit, that's right. Outside of this lame storyline we have here, you know, we, we actually have something in Jordan. Yeah. yeah so I'm gonna say talent. I'm gonna say Jordan wins, and I'm gonna say Jordan beats Miz. And I only say that because you know him and his wife are having a baby. I know it's early on. I don't know what 
their family plans are, but it is a good way to get him off TV for a little bit. He has been on TV every week for, what, the past three years. Um, get him off TV a little bit. Not that he needs any refreshing, but it'll make him more special heading back into WrestleMania. So I'm going to Jordan. I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna say Miz retains. I don't see uh, I don't see Miz slowing down anytime soon. He's really climbing up the ladder. I know he's got some bigger gaps now before he hits Pedro, um, but he's he's really starting to rack those days up um, in his combined um, days as Intercontinental Champion. Oh, and that's I don't, right. Yeah, and I don't see it ending anytime soon. So that's it for agree or disagree. You guys got all of our picks for No Mercy. Um, we got a great interview for you with the most marketable man in wrestling, Richard Holiday. Uh, he plugs, um, what, two shows, Mike? We got one with uh, where they partner up with Evolve, and then they have Diesel Mania themselves in September coming up very soon. Yeah, uh, uh, Richard's going to cover all of it in the interview, but just so you guys can can just hit pause right after I announce all this, so you can go on and, and make sure you give them a follow. Give Richard Holiday a follow. He's at Most Marketable. There you will find all the details of the different shows that he has coming up. The the, the next two that we're really, really pushing, um, we have Diesel Mania. He's uh, defending his PAPW championship against AR Fox, who was actually the first ever Evolve champion. That's Saturday, September 23rd in East Haven, Connecticut. Um, tickets are 10 bucks, man. Booker T is going to be there. You got to show up. And then uh, they're doing a partnership with Evolve. Uh, we're so happy for Richard that he will be on iPay-Per-View through the Flow Slam app uh, with Evolve on October 15th. So make sure you check that out. And uh, we really hope you enjoy the interview, guys. I mean, we had a blast doing it. And uh, before we go, Connor, let's just let everybody know that right after No Mercy this Sunday, well, probably like 45 minutes to an hour after, uh, be on the lookout. Connor and I will be debuting our first ever post pay per view show, uh, which should be a lot of fun. So uh, definitely looking forward to that, Connor. Yeah, man, that'll be a good time. Hopefully, uh, somebody tweets at most marketable and finds me a good burn cream, and I will be fully recovered um, from my uh, Richard Holiday burn. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen. Uh, here's some more information on how to get in touch with the Wrestling Fix, and on the other side of the break, Richard Holiday, the most marketable man in wrestling. We'll be right back. Enjoy. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to the Wrestling Fix Podcast. You can check out our website, www.therestlingfix.com, for brand new articles each and every week from the variety of writers on our team. You can follow us on Twitter, at The Wrestling Fix, find us on Facebook, or send an email to wrestlingfixpodcast at gmail.com. For all of our audio content like this, the weekday flagship, or our other podcasts like Anything Goes, Talking Back, or our post-pay-per-view shows, you can subscribe and listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you hear, we would love for you to leave a comment and a five-star rating. We do really appreciate your support. And now, let's get back to the fix. <laughs> who, do the, uh, who do the Giants have tonight? Giants, Lions. I mean, we, we look so bad. I mean, every, every game is, is a tough challenge at this point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. That's that's what we got going on. Nice man. Well, uh, well, we don't want to keep you too long from uh, for, from the Giants, but I mean, uh, obviously, I, I want to kick it off with this, Richard. Man, I mean, uh, you know, we got we got a couple big shows where uh, where you're prominently featured, man. I wanna I wanna know more about Diesel Mania, and I was more intrigued. Now I see uh, your opponent, Ar Fox, was actually the first ever Evolve Champion. So this is this is quite the main event. Wow, I no, I had no clue he was the first ever Evolve Champion. I first knew ever Evolve World Champion, yeah. Yeah, I knew he was quite accomplished and everything. I, did, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I guess that that kind of ups the ante a little bit more in in terms of, of my preparation and 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 the um, 
just the overall level magnitude of this match. So, I mean, he's a great competitor. He's 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 one of the best in the world today, and it, it's certainly going to be a great challenge for me again in the ring with him. So, what's been kind of the story leading in? I mean, have you guys had any sort of confrontations leading up to it? You know, where's where's kind of the conflict between you and Ar? That's the thing. I I don't think that there's any conflict going into the match. I, I don't think that there's really anything. Um, you know, from like a storyline perspective or anything like that. And there's no bad blood between me and a guy like A.R. Fox. But, you know, if you had a chance to really take a, a good listen to the interview that I did with R.J. Tooth um, and, and that I had on YouTube, if you that's really going to paint the picture for you and how I feel going into this match. And I don't know how he feels. I, I don't know what his feelings are going up against someone like me. I mean, cause, because... He's all over the world in, in, in these high-stakes matchups against guys who, um, you know, have a lot more buzz than me, who have been in the game a lot longer than me, and they're more high-profile matchups, per se. But that's not the way that I have to go into it, because, you know, th- this is probably my most high-profile match, and he's my most high-profile opponent. So for me, this this is a big thing, and I hope he's not taking it as you know, this isn't a big match because, you know, he's going to get in the ring with me and he's, he's going to, I'm going to show him that I don't need to be doing this for 10 years or so to be as, as good as these guys, you know what I mean? So that interview is, is such a tell all to how I truly feel, you know, going into this match. Yeah. You know, it's fu- oh, go ahead. It's Tom, funny. It's, it's funny. You bring up your, uh, your YouTube stuff, man. You've been like, You've been really up in your presence on YouTube. You've had, you've had a couple, what was it, two or three videos out in the past couple of days. Um, and where, what's, what kind of, how do, you, how are you going to use that outlet to your advantage to kind of talk to these opponents more? Well, I think I could use YouTube to to really show how creative I am and to really show what I have cooking up in my brain and and, and all like the let my creative juices flow, you know, for lack of a better term. Because it really is a great outlet, and you can really do a lot with YouTube. And, you know, in order to be marketable, you need to hit everybody from every angle. So I'm on Twitter. You guys know that. Uh, we're very active. Uh, all three of us, we're very active on Twitter together. Um, Facebook, I'm very active. I've actually finding myself putting a little bit more effort into Twitter to try and really build that brand more. I'm, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I feel like it's, it's more of the lifeblood of indie wrestling is Twitter more so than Facebook. Um, so I've been putting more effort into that. And now I'm sprinkling in some YouTube. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the a video I released a couple weeks ago where it's it's me and uh, we do this like really funny skit uh, with, with me and Big Jim Anderson and Ty Shine. And we're, we're in the, did you get, guys get a chance to see that one? Yes, yeah, it was yeah, tremendous. So we, were, <laughs> we, were, we were talking about that before we came on. And I was like, yo, man, like I watched the video. It was awesome. It was hilarious. And like 30 minutes later, I'm sitting there and I'm watching TV and I'm like, Ty Shine, Ty Shine. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> you see, I told him, I said, dude, I'm going to get you over with this video. Um, <laughs> but it, YouTube is allowing me to, to do different things and I'm showing people different sides of me. It's, it's, I can be just as funny as anybody in the indies. I can be just as serious as anybody in the indies. And that's what, that's what's part of being marketable. You have to market to different consumers and different demographics because... There's people out there that tune into wrestling simply to watch some comedy. 
there's people that tune into wrestling to see something serious and to see people who are larger than life. And I said that in the video. And that's, like I said, that's part of why I'm, I feel I'm the most marketable man in wrestling because I can hit all avenues and I can hit all of these key demographics and these touch points and, and reach different markets. And that's why I say that I'm the guy that can do that. I would definitely say, I mean, you can definitely tell on your, your Twitter presence is huge. I mean, it's pretty good. And even your Facebook presence, like your, your social media presence is really good. And you're definitely, uh, from my perspective, you know, from actually consuming it, you know, quote unquote, um, yeah. <laughs> dude, I think you're, you're definitely, you're definitely hitting it. I mean, you got, you got us, you know what I'm saying? I do it all for the consumers. You know, I, I do it for the consumers. Um, without them, there is no business. So I just try to be as active and, and as thought-provoking or funny or serious or w whatever I feel like the consumer wants that day, week, or month, and I, I give that to them. And you so got a good... You. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got a good spectrum of it, too. I mean, you know, the, the interview that we were talking about before and then um, your sketch with Ty Shine, it just shows... You know, how you said you're using it to show how creative you are and you're you're really hitting the full spectrum. Yeah, th and I have a lot more. I Like, I, I don't think these are going to stop anytime soon. It, I mean, the, the, the eight-minute sit-down interviews, I don't think I can pump those out every week. But, you know, those quick little two-minute, you know, just let you know I'm out there type videos, I mean, I have so many ideas from so many different inspirations and different things I want to do and, that was just tip of the iceberg. That was just like, a, hey, guys, listen, I'm going to start throwing some videos out there, and I know you consumers are going to enjoy them. So I have so many more. They're, they're, <laughs> I'm just going to keep pumping them out just at random times. Well, that's that's the beauty of it, right? It's like, so, you know, you can kind of use nowadays, like, especially it seems like an independent wrestler, like, you can use Twitter as kind of your hub. And then make sure that, you know, you're obviously feeding links to the consumers that are, that are you know, that obviously take in your product and, and watch you and root for you or boo you or whatever it might be. But I, I agree. I don't think a sit-down interview, like, I, I like how you've made it special for the match, right? You got what you said was your biggest challenge. So you've decided that, you know, that's worth your time to sit down and, and actually give, you know, 8 to 10 minutes on, on your opponent that you know you're going to beat. But, you know, trickled in there, you know, once a week, twice a week with you just showing more of your personality – I mean, I'm sorry, man, whatever business you're talking about, people buy people, and if you're not active on social media and you're trying to get people to buy your tickets or your t-shirts, I'm, I'm finding it really hard to see somebody, you know, who's, you might be performing in front of, you know, even a, a house of like a 500 to 1,000, but if somebody goes back to their computer and goes, oh, I like that guy, and tries to find them, and their last post was from, I don't know, four months ago, and it's some old promo, I mean, are you really going to engage with this guy? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's like social media is pretty much like make or break for for guys, especially in my generation, maybe even the generation before and certainly the generation coming after. It's like social media is the make or break. It's if you're not active on social media, how are promoters going to find you? How are new consumers going to find you? How are you going to get your name out there? And in the beginning stages of my career, I was you know, not too keen on that information. And, you know, I wasn't too active on social media and I wasn't, maybe that was the reason why I wasn't getting booked in, in places like the way I'm getting booked now. Um, I, I've had promoters reach out to me and say, hey man, I love your stuff on social media. I want to bring you in. I swear to God. And it, I was like, wow, I mean, great. I mean, I'm, I'm putting out fantastic you know, quality information and, uh, and production out there. I mean, I'm, 
surprised it took you this long to find me, but they found me. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and I've done some great work for some great promotions strictly because of my social media. Well, yeah, and like, not to mention too, right? I mean, if you go to any of these shows, whether it's PAPW, if it's XWA, um, you know, even Evolve, right? Like, I would probably bet that there's a direct correlation that the people on the top of the card are probably more active in terms of social media, YouTube, Facebook, getting your name out there, selling merch than the people that are on the undercard, regardless of how long they've been in the business, because people are paying to see the guy that they've come to know on the internet live and in person to do their thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. It's 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 great, like when you you put out something on on social media, you put on like a video or something like that, and the consumer sees that, and then they come to the show to see you. So you've already sold them, you've already brought them in to the promotion because of what you put out on social media. But then you you give that to them, you know what I mean? And now the brand grows between that consumer and you. And now there's more of a connection. And it's whether they love you or they hate you or they boo you or they cheer you or whatever the case may be, they're going to be more engaged. And it's probably because of that little two-minute video that, you know, took you 15 minutes to make. And right. little things like that. It's like, you know, we were on the way home from from, from NECW in Massachusetts. And I was like, you know, guys, like, it's 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 things like this that, that matters. It's You have to do these things. Like, everything you do between the ropes, like, obviously, that's the most important. But what you do outside of the ring is is going to be make or break for all of our respective careers. And it, it's it's the truth. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, like, it, 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 somebody just sparked and jogged my memory. It's just so cool. Like, you were saying you're back, on, you know, on the road from NECW. And, like, that's that just a sidebar. That's probably one of the things that I regret the most about never actually giving wrestling a try. Because it had always been in the back of my head. I'm, I'm athletic, but I'm not the uh, most coordinated individual in the world. But, man, I, I can only imagine, like, how much fun it is just making towns. And on a weekend, you have two shots or whatever it might be. And you're driving three hours one way and then five hours to the next venue. And, I can only imagine that all you guys in the car are probably talking about is character development, marketing, you know, who you're going to get booked with next, booking the territory, whatever it might be. I've always envied, you know, wrestlers uh, of, of any promotion anywhere in the world that, that, that get an opportunity to do that. It's probably memories that, that'll that'll last a lifetime. It's the, anytime I've ever talked to, like, you know, an ex-wrestler or anything like that, the only thing they talk about is, or the first thing they bring up is all the stories on the road. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you know, you're not a wrestler, but you're a damn good podcaster. So, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, I mean, hit, hitting the road with the guys. I'll tell you one thing. Making a town by yourself sucks. Oh, but yeah. That sucks. But when you're on the road with guys and, you know, you're you're shooting the breeze and you're having a good time, you're stopping for coffees, you're stopping for food, you know, you're, you're, you're filling up on gas. You know, it's just like the little things like that are like the most fun. And, and that's what you bond with the guys and that's where you spitball your ideas you're like that's where you think of you know new moves or spots or, or you know marketing campaigns or you know ideas or videos or catchphrases that's where you come up with those things um and obviously like on the way home like you recap what you did but then you just start spitballing new ideas because now that show's done it's like it's on to the next one so it, it's just it's just a constant like type of thing like always coming up with new ideas on the road like it's it's the best place to do it it's like that's that's like your like moment you know what i mean that's that's your time to to collaborate and and, and to come up with, with new fresh ideas for for anybody 
you know, whether it's for, you know, the guy in, in the backseat or the guy in the passenger seat. It's like you, you come up with ideas for them and they come up with ideas for you and you, you go back and forth and that's just kind of the way it works. That's so cool. Any, uh, any, any good road stories from, from recent trips? Oh man. Um, <laughs> I mean, sometimes on the road, you kind of just have to like entertain yourself. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so I won't name the people in the car, nor will I name the promotion, but we're recently on the road and we just, you ever just ad lib a story <laughs> and just, you just make up a story. Yes. We completely <laughs> concocted this story about this promoter. Uh, it, the promoter's real, but we <laughs> about his family and his life and the way he like books like talent. Like we we just kept like adding layers and layers to this story and like out of Shepherd's Pie got involved. And <laughs> a basement was involved and like. Um, his sexual um, life was involved. It, it, we just completely ad-libbed this story to the point where we almost started believing it. And for no other reason than we had like three hours to kill and we just came up with this story. And like the promoter has this voice, this like signature voice that uh, that he had. It's, I can't even get into it anymore, but it was just like things like that. And like we'll talk about this this time on the road, like, for years to come because we were laughing out loud. I love just, that. Were you trying to convince somebody in the car of this story or were you just ad-libbing it to ad-lib it? We were just ad-libbing it. We were nice. just we were just adding things and, and each person like had a little bit to add and it, it by the end of the trip like there's we, we have a story about this guy that if we really wanted to tell somebody we could but it's completely fake. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how myths are started. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how the greatest of myths are started. <laughs> exactly. Um, in maybe one day I'll, I'll tell this myth, um, but I'll, I'll wait till I have a little bit more clout, a little bit more success. Uh, make sure the promoter keeps bringing me in before he finds out. I, you know, I, I made up this story about him and him, his wife, and Shepherd's Pie. <laughs> but but no, nothing like nothing like. Uh, I feel like the like the seventies and the eighties, like those guys had the real road stories. Right. Like, I, I would imagine Paul probably has some pretty amazing road stories. Oh my god, yeah. Like the stories he tells are just absolutely insane. Um you can't even like get into them. They're just insane. I, I, I just don't foresee our generation running into things the way they ran into things. Just because the times are different. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, back in the 80s, guys would hit a town, hit a strip club, hit a bar, and, and then wake up at, I don't know, noon the next day and hit the next town. It's not like that anymore. No, it's, it's and, and like, yeah, and not to mention, too, like back in the you know 70s, 80s, whatever it might be, uh, we also didn't have cell phones with GPSs on them. So one wrong turn off a freeway can turn into one of the greatest stories in the world just because they got lost. So, yeah. Exactly. And Paul would tell me stories all the time, dude. They used to they used to put the map on the dashboard and be like, "Oh, we got to take this route to this this freeway onto this highway and make sure we take this exit." And it's like it's like it's insane. It's like like the legit map. I'm like Paul, dude. I can't. I couldn't read one of those if you paid me. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... I got 
GPSs, which, in my opinion, might be the greatest invention of all time. It could be. It could be up there as somebody that travels quite a bit for sales. Uh, without a GPS, I would not have a job, probably. So, yeah, I. Uh, th- there's no shot. Speaking of speaking of Paul, quickly, I just wanted to mention. Um, I kind of got uh, thrown down the rabbit hole of listening to like every uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard podcast. I just fell in love and never knew it was out there, and I'm just binge listening to everything. And he taught yeah. uh, most. Most of the stuff that he's been ta- like that he talked about that I was super interested in was like the late '80s sort of stuff where like everything was still crazy and you know, kayfabe was still sort of alive and everything. And uh, man, I've seen like I, I probably because I've been so inspired by the podcast, I've gone back and I'm watching Saturday Night's Main Events and I'm watching old WrestleManias and SummerSlam. So I've seen Paul wrestle quite a bit in the last probably two weeks. It's been awesome. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the Power and Glory stuff. I mean, I mean every. I mean, I pretty much watched. Every major event from, geez, probably late 87. I started like right when the Mega Powers like were on the brink of colliding, like all the way through probably, gosh, uh, WrestleMania 7. So yeah, it was, it was quite, it was quite a bit. It was awesome. It was such a good, like just trip back into like memory lane. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he really put out some really quality work and and he, um, like I was watching a Roma match the other night on the network and then, um, he did this thing where he just he ran up the ropes backwards and just stood on the top rope with like he didn't use his hands at all and it was just like you don't see that anymore like he did like little things like that like because he was so freakishly athletic he just did little things like that that just like so cocky and just so like oh so much better than everybody but like he didn't get that justification he didn't get that like you know that push that people got if you really look back at his work he him and power and glory like that team was great Oh, that team and, was fantastic. Uh, dude, he shows me his Twitter. Dude, people show me his um, like tweets that, that people tweet at him. Everybody says, oh, Power and Glory should have been this. Power and Glory should have got that. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, but, you know, he had a great career. He was really an underrated wrestler. And um, I, I'm just honored and, like, privileged, like, every day. Like, the, I, I, sometimes I take for granted, like, the relationship that I have with this guy and how close I am with a guy who has such respect. Um, like tell you a quick story, like last year, uh, yeah, I think it was about last year. I, Paul took me to the big event in New York. It's at the LaGuardia airport. I think they're doing it again this year. I'm going with them in another month. Nice. Uh, yeah, but we went to the big event and basically he, he had his own station, uh, you know, for him to do autographs and pictures and everything and everybody. And then a bunch of other legends were there and, you know, guys that he never met would come up to him and be like, Paul, such an honor to finally meet you. And I'm talking guys like Rob Van Dam, Matt Hardy, uh, Bull James, uh, EC3, guys like that. Um, Just showing him, like, such respect. Because, you know, what the consumer sees on TV to compare to, like, what the boys in the back see is completely different. So, like, they know, like, Paul's a real deal. He was a class act guy, like, straight shooter kind of guy and they respect that so paul has like immense respect backstage especially from like the legends and and and, like the from the boys pretty much no man that's that's so cool i could i could totally see that you know what it was such a tough time like just watching it back now i mean when i was a kid obviously you know i mean gosh i'm i'm 30 right so i mean i was watching stuff that i wasn't even born yet or i was like one so this was all kind of hindsight i wasn't watching it as the storyline unfolded when i was a kid but I'd rent all these tapes and stuff. I think we talked about it the last time you were on. But, like, 
man, I mean, just kind of watching it in sequence, you know, in, in the time when Paul was running hot, like, man, there was like two or three guys on top and everybody else was kind of just doing their thing. You know what I mean? It was Hogan and it was DiBiase and it was Duggan for a little while and obviously Warrior and Randy. But, man, other than that, like, you were either in a tag team or you were doing the Intercontinental deal. And, I, you know... It was just, it was crazy, but even just with the move that you were talking about in the match that you were watching, like, that was the kind of stuff that unfortunately then went unnoticed because everybody was a body guy and everybody wanted, you know, power slams and punches, and for me, the reason why he stood out to me when I was a kid, I remember when I was like, he's doing stuff, but guys that look like him shouldn't be able to do that stuff, and he can do that stuff, like, why, like, this is crazy, and it was just, it was so ahead of his time, but yeah, I think I watched, oh man, I think it was them versus the Hart Foundation, right after the Hart Foundation turned babyface, I think, I could, I could yep. have sworn that was the match. And man, just work, seeing him work with Brett, like, pff, off the charts. Yeah, I mean, he can go with anybody. I mean, he'd be criminally underrated, um, freakishly athletic. I think he'd have a better career today than he did then. Um, How I, tall I is he? He's about six feet tall. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and his biceps are still massive. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fucking veiny, freakish, like, big. Um, dude's in great shape. I think he'd have a better career now. I, I think today is more about the wrestling, and then and where he was was more about the character. Right. Um, and he'll tell you. I mean, he he wasn't like this over the top Ultimate Warrior character, but he was just as good as a wrestler. I mean, it, Ultimate Warrior wasn't known for being quite the technician. But, oh, know, really? <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, but, you know, um, all respect to him, though. But, you know, Paul, oh, of course. Paul, was, Paul was a great wrestler. But, like I said, like you said, it, it was a little bit unnoticed. Um, but I do think Paul Roma in 2017, if he was his age um, now, um, I, th- I think he would do great. I, I, I really do. He gets a lot of comparisons to, like, Tony Nese. Kind of, oh uh, yeah, I can see oh, that. Oh yeah, wow, yeah. Yeah, because he he's, he kind of looks well. Tony looks like Paul. I mean, you have to right. Yeah, it's not the other way around. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some people be like, "Hey, Paul Rome looks like Tony Nese." No, no, no. Rome is older, so Tony looks like Paul. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they have like that same like uh, that same kind of look. Paul used to have the long hair like Tony. Yeah. Uh, so if you ever look at those, like they kind of have that same look, like almost like that same like facial structure and everything, and. You know, Tony's like ripped to the bone and, 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 and really big, too. I think Paul's a little bit taller. But, you know, like Tony, um, I mean, he's he's kind of, he's on 205 Live. But, you know, if they let a guy like Tony go, he'd, he would do great, too. But I, I think it's like they're kind of in like that same category, like phenomenal wrestlers, like can wrestle with anybody, great looks. Um, but, yeah, that's just how I, I, think he, I think he would do great today. Oh, yeah. For, I mean, that, that's one of the reasons why I asked the height, because, you know, you see, I mean, the majority of the guys that are running right now, I mean, AJ's under six, Rollins is what, six, six, one, six, two, something like that. Dean's, you know, right around there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's a totally different world now. I actually, I wanted to pick your brain about this, Richard, because the last time you were on, we, we, you know, we didn't really get a chance to chat WWE, and I know, you know, you're, you're, you're a big fan, and the hottest angle, I guess, going right now is Cena Reigns. We're heading into No Mercy this upcoming week. What has been your thoughts on all this, dude? Oh, man, I thought it's been great TV. Yeah. I thought it was great, great TV. Um, I, I'm obviously a massive fan of both guys. Um you got to respect Cena. I mean, he doesn't even have to reinvent himself to reinvent himself, if that makes any sense. 
Yeah, like, no, absolutely. He's just, he's just continuing to be him, but for some reason it feels different, um, even though he's really doing the exact same thing. Um, Reigns, on the other hand, I, I I think he's the guy, man. Like I talked to any, I talked to people there. They obviously have mixed uh, mixed feelings about him. Um, I think he's the guy. I think he's great. I think he's money. Uh, I'm invested. <laughs> you know, whatever, man. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I mean, spitball with me. I mean, what about the guy? Isn't great. What What about him is not great? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, other than the fact that he may be perceived to be. Um, you know, shove down, you know, the consumer's throats. But to me, I think he gets uh, as much TV as he deserves. Whatever, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think when it comes, for me, when it comes to what, it's like when I'm watching him, I just, like with you, with you his promo. Want, was, you don't want to like him. I, it's not that I don't want to like him because I did like him when he was in the Shield. So like I was a Roman fan at some point. I just I don't know. Like I, maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're about to have like a whole therapeutic session, and it's going to find out that like I just don't want to like Roman, and that's probably how it's going to end. <laughs> but I I think you just don't want to like Roman because if you if you take a look of, at his body of work and what he's really done, he's never disappointed. Never disappointed. I mean, think about the stuff he did with with AJ. It was great. Think about what he did with Strowman. It was great. Think about what he did with Bray. It was great. Think about what he did with uh, with Lesnar. It was great. With Taker, it was great. I mean, it was to, to me. He's, he's never he's never underdelivered. He, he's never had a bad match, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he's he's from what I from what I. Uh, here, I mean, from from people who you know have come out and uh, publicly you know defended him, they all say he's great. I think it's just like the fans, man. It's it's just uh, there's just like half the fans that are just they're just not into him for for whatever reason, but they they can't really typically give a good reason. I will say, like, where I started to agree with you is the Strowman program because like he him him and Strowman both delivered like that was an incredible feud. There was incredible matches throughout. Like, even the ending was super brutal, but it was, like, good. And I didn't really mind that they just kind of moved on from it. So if, like, if anything, I would say probably from the Braun program on is where you're probably right in the point where, like, I don't want to like him just because it's him. I Before that, like, before that, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that I can, like, agree with that because, like, I don't know, I was kind of bored of the guy and I didn't, like... You know, obviously I respect what he does, but like I just I don't know, I got kinda like tired of seeing it. But with the Braun program from there on, I could I mean, whatever, man. I guess like you're right, it's whatever. You know what the the, <laughs> the thing is though, is that I don't think that WWE can be one of those companies where it's just like it's gonna be this guy for X amount of time, then it's gonna be this guy, then it's gonna be this guy, then it's gonna be this guy, because then there's no equity built with anybody. And unfortunately, you kind of have to build equity within one, maybe two guys. And then those are kind of your guys for, you know, however long you can kind of pump it out for. So the past two guys where it was that was obviously Cena and Randy. You know what I mean? You, they built equity within them. Yep. And now for however long they've been main event players. 
And when you know, when you look at it, and like we talk about this before, like on our flagship shows and stuff, like when when you look at it from like a business perspective, like a business standpoint, like it totally makes sense and it's totally such a good call. I mean, I can even and I'll even admit, like I had that love hate relationship with Cena for like four years, where I was like, I I didn't, and I, I see I can admit that looking back. So in three years on this show, I'll be like, yeah, I remember that time Richard Holiday like totally called me out and made me feel like a jackass for not liking Roman Reigns because he's totally right. But like, cause I did the same thing I with mean, Cena. Like I didn't, I, I didn't want to like Cena just because it was John Cena. And like looking back on that four years ago, like that's all it was, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, you're totally right. Like it's, and it, any guy that they build equity in, it doesn't really matter who it's going to be. He, they're like going to rub a certain part of the fan base the wrong way just because of that reason. Exactly. But let me ask you this. If not Roman, then who? Who who would you put in that spot? And I'm talking I'm talking like the spot where it's you got to put equity in this guy. You gotta you gotta give it to him. Who who would it be for you? I if if I could jump in really quick, I I actually Richard, I do actually agree with you with Reigns in terms of the match quality. Like he he doesn't disappoint at all. I think personally, he is the guy. Like I really do. I I do boo the crap out of him, but I. Me personally, I blew the crap out of him because aside from Michael Cole saying, here comes the big dog, and he, you know, the babyface announcer is super excited for the babyface, in my yeah. estimation, he's a heel. Yeah, that's, and, yeah. And, and, and And that's fine. Like, you know, and if they don't want to clearly state it or define it, that's fine. But I'm going to boo because I see that guy as a total douchebag in the best way possible. I mean, from a character standpoint. Like, well, let, let, me, let me throw this at you. Does he cheat? No, but on the opposite side of things, Hogan raked the eyes and raked the back quite a bit. But he didn't. He doesn't cheat. He doesn't really weasel out of anything. He yeah. doesn't really back down from anything. I don't see how he's a heel. I do. I can definitely see how one may perceive him to be, and that's simply because the crowd is booing him. Right. But he doesn't. He doesn't. See, do any, he doesn't do anything in the ring to make me boo him no you're right a hundred no you're a hundred percent right he does nothing he doesn't grab ropes he doesn't he doesn't complain to the ref he doesn't go through he doesn't take you know take moments to himself you know what i mean he he just wrestles roman reigns and it just so happens that people are booing him i'll I'll put it this way if you watch the roman reigns match and and put the the television on mute would you think he's a heel no nope you're a hundred percent right no, nope, I don't know. Unless he was loading Braun Strowman into the back of an ambulance, I might think he was a heel. <laughs> yeah, that, that that segment is kind of just like a, kind of an anomaly. But for the most part, if you put the television on mute, you would you would not think he's a heel. There's That's no a good heel. point, though. You know what? Possibly. Let me ask you this, then, Richard, because like this is something that I feel like is happening more and more with wrestling. Is like. You know, there's obviously, like, in wrestling, like, The Miz, defined heel. Like, he cheats, he shit-talks everybody, like, all, everybody in the audience, like, he's a defined heel. Or, I yeah. don't know, Sami Zayn is clearly a babyface, you know, underdog from the underground. But I feel like, for the most part, and this actually spans wider than just WWE, there's a lot of guys working on top right now in, in, in a lot of some of the major promotions where it's like, he, he's not really heel, he's not really babyface, we're just going to present him to you. And you make up your mind. And I, I don't necessarily know that that's the right or the wrong move. I always feel personally that money in wrestling is made with a babyface, you know, coming up against a big nasty heel that wants to kick his ass. But I don't know. Like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know like how to kind of perceive that, right? Because you have Reigns, Cena is a babyface, but he's booed half the places he goes. I, I just I, is is that turning up more and more? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I'm I'm not a fan of that either. I I do think that it's kind of like a double edged sword, where it's one, um, you have to kind of listen to the audience, and and you kind of have to not play to them, but you have to hear them. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 to me. It's like I don't think the crowd should really decide anything. Um, I, I think there's been instances where it has happened, but for the most part, I think the game plan would be to to present people in um, the best way possible, whether it's them being a, a heel or, or a babyface. It just present them with the best way possible, and then let the chips kind of fall where they may. Just just see where the crowd reacts. I wouldn't. I I don't like when people go out there and it's kind of undetermined um it's like you know when i enter an arena it's i I want people to know it it, it, that's just i don't know i guess it's just old school mentality but i i think that's the way it should be have you had that happen to you personally where like you've you've gone out in front of a crowd and they're kind of like oh yeah cool this guy and you're like no no uh yeah yeah I, i i i definitely think i have but i think being as marketable as I am, I, th- I don't think that, you know, it's tough because there's going to be people that like the bad guy. And then there's going to be people right. that like the good guy. Um, and, and I think, I don't know. I, I, I reach all the demographics, all the consumers uh, to the best that I can. I go out there and I give them me. I give them just the purest form of me. And if they love that or they hate that, I just want to be able to get them to react. And that's it. Um, that, that, that's pretty much it. I don't know if that answers the question or not. No, Any publicity does. is good publicity. Yeah. Any reaction is good reaction. Absolutely. Better than them going to the bathroom during, during your match. You know what that's I mean? That's right. It, it, yeah, absolutely. Get them to react. That's the name of the game. So listen, Richard, I know the Giants are on, so I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I, I want to make sure we get the dates and all the information out so so everybody here in the Northeast can come check you guys out and some of the big matches you have coming up. So first one, Diesel Mania, Saturday, September 23rd, East Haven High School. Uh, tickets are, I mean, my God, it's one of the best deals I've ever heard. Tickets are 10 bucks, starting at just 10 bucks. You're up uh, defending your championship against AR Fox. Any words for your opponent that evening? Yeah, I, I mean... If AR is happening to listen, or, or if or if this happens, to, this show happens to make its way over to him, uh, I just want him to know that everything I said in that interview, I truly believe. Um, I am more marketable than you. I am tailor made for this business. Um, whether you have made it in this business or not, that is completely good for you, and, and I respect you for that. But just know that this this business was made for people like myself. Um, you know, I, I'm 6'3", I'm 240 pounds. Um, I, I know I have a great physique. I work as hard as I can uh, day in and day out on my diet, uh, the way I train, everything I do to give the consumers the best perception of what a star should look like. Um, and, and I know that I embody what a star should be. Um, so I want AR Fox to know that when he gets into the ring with me. Um, and just know that marketability beats experience when experience isn't marketable. And that's what I want him to know. 
Love that. Absolutely love it. So that's that's Saturday, September 23rd. Uh, how do you get tickets for that, Richard? Um, you're going to have to get tickets at the door. It's one of those events. It's very old school. We're going to we're going to have you come up uh, $10 for general admission. Um, but Booker T, WWE Hall of Famer Booker T will be there. There are specific packages that you can buy in order to get a picture and an autograph with him. Got to get there a little bit earlier. Uh, bell time is seven, but Booker T will be signing autographs at five o'clock. Um, and, and just for the consumers that aren't coming just for Richard Holiday, we also have uh, Deanna Perrazzo is going to be in the house, um, who's an international superstar yep. doing incredible things um, on the scene today. She will be there. Uh, going one-on-one against Christina Marie, who is an, uh, an upstart based out of New York, a very talented wrestler as well. So that should be one of the better diva matches of the year, um, at least that's happened in the Northeast. And um, I just think overall the show is going to be PAPW's best show ever. Um, I think from top to bottom what you're going to get as a consumer, you're, you're going to be very satisfied. Um, so I think if this was, if there was ever a show to come out for PAPW, it's going to be this one. Love it, man. And then quickly, you have a show coming up where you're kind of uh, partnering up with Evolve. Is that correct? Yeah, PAPW is partnering up with uh, WWN Evolve, um, which is one of the best promotions in the country today. Oh, yeah. um, anybody who's into independent wrestling knows who Evolve is, uh, knows the promoter Gabe Sapolsky. And basically, uh, yeah, a, a partnership was, was, was put together. Um, I don't know for how long. I do know that on October 15th, um, we're definitely having a show. It's going to be a PAPW pre-show. It's going to feature about three matches. And then we're going to get right into an iPay-Per-View um, for for Evolve, which is going to be able to be seen, uh, streamed across any network that they're going to be on. Uh, but it's going to be live in East Haven, Connecticut at the Joseph A. Malua Middle School um, on, on Sunday, October 15th. And they are bringing in a lot of heavy hitters. They're bringing in uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Keith Lee, um, Matt Riddle, among others. So, wow. No, it's, it's going to be a big show. It's going to be big. And a little bit of fun information. The most marketable man in wrestling will be on that iPay-Per-View. Um, yes. Awesome. It, it's going to be a marketable evening. That is fantastic. I, I'm, nice. I'm, I, I'm sure there's a ton of different streaming services out there. I'm certain, though, that with Evolve, you can see them on Flow Slam. So anybody out there, October 15th, got to check out Richard. Uh, on Flow Slam there for uh, for the eye pay per view. Um, anything else you got coming up? Anything else you wanted to plug before we let you go? I think those those are the you can't flood the consumers because they're not always too intelligent. So, <laughs> they're not always college educated like myself. So <laughs> you can't give them too much because then they can't process all the information. So any consumer out there listening, September twenty third, come see me beat up an international superstar and a Lucha Underground star in AR Fox. And then October 15th, come out, see all your favorite Evolve superstars, and just know that it's going to be marketable. That's awesome. Well, you can follow Richard on Twitter. He's at Most Marketable. He's very worth a follow. Absolutely tremendous on Twitter. Um, Richard, can't thank you enough, man. It's so great to have you on, and uh, we'll be talking again soon. i uh, got some plans uh, for the future that I can't wait to work out. Absolutely, man. I mean, I feel like I'm the official sports entertainer, uh, sports entertainer of the Wrestling Fix. So. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll just come and go as I was at this point. Um, I love coming on. Uh, it's always a blast talking with you guys, and uh, and I'm proud to represent. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. We'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, man. What's going on, everyone? This is Nick Delta from XWA Extreme Wrestling Alliance. Matt Taven himself has told me specifically: if you don't listen to the Wrestling Fix, 
mean, you're just another common Melvin.